Hi, this is Mark from Pure Energy Meditation. And in this video blog, what I'm going to talk about is answering the question, what to do if you feel like you're struggling in your meditation. Um, let's just start right at the beginning. So meditation is concentration. It's not thinking. It's giving your attention to something. Now, that might be your body in terms of yoga and tai chi. It might be breath meditation. It could be a mantra or it could be much higher forms of meditation like light and sound. If you look at something like light and sound, it's the same light and sound for everyone. And yet everyone's experience is different. So if everyone's meditating on the same energy, then what's the, 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 the bit that's different is the personality. So struggling is really connected with the personality. It's not a question of whether or not the energy is there, whether or not the mantra works, whether or not breathing works. It's really about how well the person is able to concentrate but there's another factor in this, and that is the expectations of the individual. You see, the person that asked me this question is um, already accessing light and sound meditation. She's a fantastic meditator, and I look up to her, and I think she's someone that is extremely spiritual, extremely kind, has a big open heart, and is very capable in meditation. And yet she's the one asking me, what, I'm struggling, what do I do? And so what it shows me is that it's about her perception of where she should be or where she thinks she should be. And, you know, without expectations, there's no disappointment. So if she feels like she's struggling, it's because she set a certain bar or a certain ideal that, of how meditation should be. And the reality is meditation is what it is. So it's always going to be different. Every day I, you know, I say whenever I sit down to meditate, today is the first day that I'm ever meditating. I'm learning every single day. I treat every meditation as if it's the first one. And actually that, that in a way is one of my approaches to what to do if you feel like you're getting stuck is to kind of take on that, um, that attitude of, well, this is the first time I've ever meditated, so let's just see what happens. But if you've got expectations, oh, it should be like this, or I should see this, or I should feel that, or last time I had a really good meditate and this time it's different, so therefore it's not as good then you're putting in place the, the sense of um, I'm not doing this right or you know I'm stuck. But that's great, that's human nature and that's what we all do. So what I'm gonna talk about is nine different strategies that I use and that I share with other people and I've had a lot of success with to helping when you feel like you are stuck in your meditation. So remembering that it's just a point of perception as well. But, you know, we, we are all human and even I have days where it's like, God, you know, what's going on? Um, so without any further ado, let's look at the nine different things you can do to really help um, just shake things up and make it fresh again. So number one is why do you meditate? If you've been meditating for a while or, or maybe, you know, I've been meditating 30 odd plus years. I sometimes need to just sit back and go, why, why do I meditate? I'm not doing it any, for anyone else, I'm doing it for me. Okay, and what are my reasons? Um, and certainly the reasons now have changed from when I started. Um, so what are your reasons for meditating? Because you wouldn't do it if you didn't think there was something to be gained, something good, something positive, to, to spread more love, to feel more love, to connect with people, or to connect with your higher self, whatever it is. Get back in touch with that core value. What is it that you want from your meditation? Why are you sitting down and giving your time? And it always hopefully comes back to love, love of something, love for something, or just generally love, uh, love of love. And 
because ultimately meditation is going to reveal love. But if you can remember why it is you meditate, and then instead of saying, right, I'm going to go and meditate now, and that's the action, say, I'm going to do this action because of this goal, this, this ideal, this thing that I want. So you're aligning more with love in this way. So remembering why you meditate can help you fall back in love with meditation. Because if you're doing it because someone said you must do 20 minutes a day or two hours a day or whatever, it, become, it becomes like a task, it becomes a chore, and, and you forget why you're doing it. So number one, remember why you're doing it and allow yourself to fall back in love with your meditation. Okay, number two is prepare your space. You know, if you've got a hectic lifestyle, and most of us have, then quite often it's like, right, finish this, finish that, go and sit down, meditate. If you just stop and kind of prepare your space, so, you know, switch off the things in the background, TV or whatever, make sure it's quiet, close the blinds, maybe let some fresh air in before you start. Um, you don't need joss sticks, incense, all these things, but sometimes they're nice. So, you know, um, if, if it helps, then put an oil burner on or something that makes the space you're in feel more supportive of what it is that you want to do. Make sure the phone's off the hook, make sure that the doors are locked so that you're not sitting there going, did I lock the door? You know, is, is the gas cooker switched off? All these things. In other words, deal with everything so that when you go to sit down, it's the only thing on your mind and that the environment you're sitting down in is supportive. And the other thing this does is it just separates out the action. So if you say, right, I'm going to prepare my space. Okay, I'm going to get these cushions, put them here. There's the blanket. There's a glass of water if I need it. All right, set the timer on my phone and put that over there. Put it on flight mode so that I'm not radiating myself with all the kind of nasty ways that come out of your phone. So do all of that. All right, that's taken care of. That's taken care of. I've kind of put a, a, a break in my day from all the things I was doing up to that point to sitting down to meditate. So just taking maybe one or two minutes just to prepare your space can actually make the act of meditation feel a lot more sacred and feel a lot more special because it is. And so it just acts like a reminder and separates out the meditation time from all the other things that you've got going on. Okay, okay number three. This could have been number one. These are in no particular order, but this is one that comes up a lot. When I try and meditate, I fall asleep. Okay, well, number one, you're probably dead tired. Okay, so we need to go right back to why are you tired and is there anything you can do about that? And a lot of the time, you know, if you're, you've got kids or you're working really long hours, there's not a lot you can do about the fact that you might be tired, but there are things that you can do to help. And number one is recognizing that. So if you are dead tired and you're trying to meditate, you're going to fall asleep most likely. And by the way, when people do 10 day meditates, five day meditates, and they stay with me quite often, the first day or at least the first morning is sleep time because people have just got to switch off and recover from life. So I don't put any pressure on anyone to write from day one, nine o'clock in the morning, start meditating. None of that. If they need to sleep, let them sleep. Then they'll be refreshed. Obviously, look, if you're getting 12 hours a day of sleep and you say, oh, I'm tired, I think you're probably getting too much sleep, in which case you need to look at that as well. But if you are tired, acknowledge it. Now, there are some things that you can do to help. So if you're generally a bit tired and you're going to sit down in the evening and meditate, 
go for a walk if you've got a dog or something just take the dog for a walk go for a walk in the fresh air and really breathe in some of that fresh air and just wake your body up literally um, so that when you sit down to meditate you're a bit more awake another thing you could do is do some yoga or some tai chi or something that just energizes the body a little bit I mean, I find anyway that if I do something like yoga or Tai Chi, even just five minutes before meditation, it really helps because it's also aligning all the energy centers on a physical level. So the more aligned you are physically, the more easy it is to go into meditation. And if you don't know yoga or Tai Chi or anything like that, just do some exercise, just star jumps or some press ups or, or something to yang up the body a bit, just to make it feel more alive and awake or even just standing still on the spot with your eyes closed, but really being aware of your balance and your feet and things like this. So another thing you can do is don't have a big meal just before you meditate because that will make you sleepy anyway, especially in the afternoons. Um, and when you are digesting your food, there's things going on with your energy that are making it harder for you to leave your physical awareness behind. So again, you know, that can kind of help. Um, I wouldn't recommend a strong coffee normally because obviously it's a stimulant of the mind so it'll actually make it harder to meditate but if it's that or fall asleep then you might want to look at something like that but that's personally not something I'm I'm recommending but you've got to work with you and what works for you and I, I had one friend and he swore by a coffee huge necking coffee all the time he still attained enlightenment and he said it helped him so I'm just sharing that one with you. Again, if you're really, really tired, don't meditate in bed. There's a lot of habits and there's a lot of energy around the bed that is to do with sleep. Go and meditate outside or go and meditate in a, on a slightly less comfortable chair somewhere so that your body's having to stay awake. And also just, just be kind. Look, I'm dead tired. I'd normally do half an hour. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do 10 minutes of meditation, but I'm really gonna do 10 minutes and then I'm going to go to sleep. So I'll get 20 minutes more sleep and then tomorrow I can do a bit more meditation. I'd rather you did 10 minutes of actually concentrating than 30 minutes of nodding dog, dribbling, falling asleep, waking up. That's not meditation. So 10 minutes of meditation is better than 30 minutes of fighting off sleep. Okay, you get the idea. So everyone's different. Find what works for you, but, but address it, acknowledge it and break your patterns. If you're always tired and you're always trying to meditate when you're tired, Meditate in the middle of the day, meditate in the morning, meditate in the middle of the night. Find a time where you've got higher energy levels. It might be five o'clock in the morning. Listen to your body, find what works for you. Okay, probably one of my favorite bits of advice, play, just have fun, okay? So whatever type of meditation you're doing, you're getting a bit stuck, maybe feeling like, oh, you know, it's, it's maybe a bit routine. Break up the routine. This is your exploration of your inner worlds, okay? This isn't someone else's experience. It doesn't matter if I'm enlightened or anyone else is enlightened. Ultimately, it's can you realize it for yourself? And if you have, fantastic, play with it. So whatever level you're at, whether you're just starting out, whether you've been meditating for 30 years and you, just, and you kind of just hit that plateau or something, put some play back into it. When we're learning to walk, we're kids, you know we're crawling around everything's fun you shove it in your mouth you fall over you get back up no one gives up on trying to learn to walk because it's hard work it's just fun and eventually they learn how to walk and meditation is like that if you feel like you've fallen over just get back up try something different okay so for example if you're someone and you've got access to light and sound but you're struggling struggling a little bit you know, because you're not able to let go 
and your mind's got a lot to chatter or something like this, go right back to basics. Let's just play with doing some breathing meditation. Let's play with just gazing on a candle. Let's play with, I don't know, um, doing some chanting or something. Anything that just takes you out of your normal approach to meditation so that you're kind of getting fresh. You're, you're, you're waking yourself up to what you're doing and injecting it with a bit of fun. It is actually supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be joy because it's like just to play with words. If you enjoy something, enjoy is inner joy. And as we know, the heart chakra is really pivotal for you know, letting go and for allowing yourself to kind of just be in your meditation. And there's a lot to do with joy. Um, I'll go into maybe in another video, but basically joy opens the heart and joy comes from the heart as well. So if you're enjoying your meditation, if you have inner joy, it's because you're playful. It's because you're just enjoying the experience of exploring. So remember, it's all right to have fun. Break the rules. You know, if someone said to you, you must do one hour, I mean, this happened to me, you must do two hours of meditation every day. Okay, well, what happens if you do one hour and 59 minutes? What happens if you do two hours and one minute? What happens if you do six hours? You know, that was my attitude is I'm going to find out, okay, I'm going to take these rules as advice, as guidelines, and that's it. If I, if I only want to do half an hour, I'll do half an hour. If I want to do an hour, I'll do an hour. It's not me being stubborn. It's just me wanting to be able to play with this. I've sat up, you know, I remember when I, I got a mantra. I think the first day I meditated on it, I did four hours solid. You know, I'd only done 20 minutes up to then. I just wanted to see what would happen. You know, what's going to happen if I do three hours of breathing, just breathing? What's going to happen if I gaze at a candle for an hour? I, I want to know. I'm curious about these things. So play with your meditation you know um, and that I guarantee is going to have big changes in terms of your approach towards it and what you get back okay so here's a good one if you're um, number five if you're kind of like well I'm doing two hours a day man and I'm doing my six hour meditates at the weekend and I'm going to be doing a 10 day meditate okay great fantastic how much of that time are you actually meditating you know, if, if you're sitting down for an hour, are you actually concentrating for the hour? Because if you are, I respect you. Um, most people aren't. Okay, being honest, and I've known meditators from all around the world, and when you actually have a really gentle conversation with them, and I'll put my hand up here, you know, a lot of the time, you're not meditating. Your mind's gone off, or da-da-da-da, you're distracted, whatever, and you've got to bring it back. Welcome to the human race. That's, that's good news. You're, you're a human being. Okay, so there's no judgment here. There's no, uh, you're not a good meditator because that's, that's utter nonsense. We're all great meditators, okay? So, but the point is, how much time are you actually meditating as opposed to how much time are you sitting down looking like someone who's meditating? So here's a really cool thing to do. Let's do micro-meditates. And I mean like micro-meditates, okay? Set your timer. Press the start button, close your eyes. You have 30 seconds. You have 30 seconds to get still quick. Notice whatever it is, whether it's stillness, whether it's light, sound energy, inner stillness, the heart opening, whatever it is you're aiming for, just get in there, do it. When the timer goes, open your eyes, move around, uh, distract yourself, go up, go off, come back. One minute meditate, boom, 
close your eyes, see how quickly you can just go inside and get still. Come back out, distract yourself, do other stuff, go back, 30 second meditate. You know, anything between like 30 seconds and five minutes, micro meditations, they're fantastic. This isn't just um, a bit of fun. This is actually really, really cool stuff in terms of how your mind works. So if you keep interrupting a process, then there's a part of you that wants to go in. No, no, look, you know, I was just getting still. I want to go back, you know. So you build up that kind of potential of I want to go in. And, and the other thing is this teaches you that you don't need an hour to relax and get still and start meditating. If you only have 30 seconds, you can go dun. Because your state of consciousness, whatever level you're at, you know, um, I mean, every level below is just kind of a reflection of the ones above. You know, so whether I'm talking about high spiritual uh, spiritual states of consciousness where there's no personality and it's just unity, or whether I'm talking about light and sound meditation, or whether I'm talking about someone that's just starting on the breath, whatever you've got access to is phenomenal, okay? And just find the stillest place in that phenomenalness. I don't even know if that's a word, but find the stillest place and go there and, and practice going there in like 30 seconds, five minutes, two minutes, you know? And then when you do sit down for an hour, it's like, boom, I'm in there in the first 30 seconds. That gives me 59 minutes and 30 seconds of just enjoying this. Okay, so micro meditates. Okay, this is a really cool one. Um, I think they're all great, actually, but this one I like. Meditate with a friend. Sounds obvious. You know, if you're struggling a little bit with your meditation, phone someone up. Um, it doesn't even matter if they're doing the same meditation you as you or you know a completely different school of meditation. It doesn't matter because behind everything is the same energy. But it's really nice if you just say, look, let's let's meditate together. Okay, how long do you normally do? Oh, 30 minutes. Okay, well I, I, I normally do an hour. Why don't we why don't we aim for 45 minutes? Okay. And you'll find that this is where magic can happen. This really is because there's all kinds of things going on here. Um, when a group of people all meditate together, they're, they're, the kind of pool of energy gets enriched by everyone in it. And say you're a beginner meditator and you get a chance to meditate with someone who's been meditating a lot longer or has accessed higher states of consciousness. Their stillness will support you. And for them, having someone to support helps them stay focused. So it's a win-win situation. So... Find a friend, um, meditate with them, and see how that's different from when you're meditating on your own. <laughs> if you haven't got any friends, then this is a really good excuse to find friends. You know, there's so many ways of just finding groups. There's even drop-in centers, meditation drop-in centers. Again, it doesn't matter if they're doing the same meditation as you. We're all coming from the heart here, hopefully, and we're all trying to just um, explore the kind of bigger questions and the bigger states of consciousness. So just... Find people that you can meditate with, um, set up a group, maybe do it once a week. I, I even, I mean, I work with people on Skype and it is actually quite powerful, even if you're not in the same room, you, you know, to do Skype meditations. And that's how I teach some people in other countries. Um, handy hint is just mute the microphones on at both ends when you're actually not talking or else Skype starts kind of making up all kinds of noises that aren't really there. Point is, when you're with someone whether that's geographically in the same room or just conceptually you get supported and you support them so like i said it's a win-win situation okay number seven is get guidance 
okay, you're meditating and you feel like you kind of hit a brick wall or something like this, it's because your mind is getting in the way, it can't settle down, you're easily distracted, all of these things. So find yourself an audio recording that is designed to guide you into meditation. Now on my website, I've got one, it's completely free, you can download it. And there's others out there, there's loads of them out there, so find one that works for you. But it's a really interesting thing that happens. Our minds are, you know, they're not that well equipped actually for being in control, so they get all stressed. And what they want is someone to tell them what to do, okay? So when you're listening to an audio recording of someone telling you, right, relax, notice this, allow yourself to become stiller, these kinds of things, your mind follows. It sits back and it relaxes. And when your mind sits back and relax, it's not going to get in the way as much. It's going to leave you, you, not your mind, it's going to leave you freer to explore that stillness. So what I tend to do and what I recommend is find one that you can listen to and then when it stops, you just keep meditating and it's like the, the, the guidance builds up the momentum and then you just go, off you go and you coast. And then you're much more able to be present and, and focus within your meditation, having had that kind of boost at the start. One thing to avoid though is becoming like a guidance junkie, okay? Meditation fundamentally is you going inside and noticing what you notice. And when there is guidance there, although it can be really helpful at the start, it's keeping you out of your inner experience because you're having to keep your attention turned outwards towards what you're hearing. So, you know, guidance, audio recordings, uh, things like joss sticks, um, candles, all these things set the right ambience to help you get into meditation. But ultimately, ultimately, they're all a crutch in the sense that you've really got to let them go if you want to move freely. OK, so use them when you need them, but learn also that you don't fundamentally absolutely need them. Um, it's, it's a useful tool at appropriate times. OK, so when you need it just be honest with yourself and get guidance you know there's we all need it trust me we all need it at times and it's much better to just get on with it and then you know then you're benefiting from your meditation so much more and then you'll find you don't need it so meditation is concentration so number eight is practice concentration now you know, we, we, we rush around, we're doing things and then we sit down to meditate and then we carry on and we do other things. And it's almost like we, we, we have two, two sides. There's the meditation side and then there's the person in life side. Now, the more you meditate, you have the opportunity to integrate the two. So the stillness that's inside you in meditation can kind of permeate into your everyday life. But also the things that you practice in everyday life can start permeating into your meditation. And because meditation is all about concentration, then it's good to practice concentration. Now that sounds really, really dull. Okay, you must practice concentration. It's the kind of thing that teachers used to tell me at school. Mark, you're not concentrating. Focus. Yeah, that, that isn't going to work. That's not going to help. If you think about something you love, I mean, really love, you know, whether it's a person or a, an object or a film or a bit of music. No one needs to tell you that you need to give it your attention. You want to give it your attention. Um, so giving your attention, which is concentration, 
giving your attention is actually demonstrating love. It's as simple as that. So practice demonstrating love in everyday life. So if you're, I don't know, driving a car, then love driving a car. Notice how the steering wheel feels. Notice the sounds of the engine. Turn off the music. Feel the seat supporting you. Notice what's outside. Really become immersed in that experience. If you're doing something mundane like the washing up, it's not mundane when you actually really throw yourself into it in the sense of noticing the, the textures of the things as you touch them. The, the fork is different from the uh, crockery, is different from the wooden spoon. The, the feeling of the water, how hot is it, how cold is it, the soap suds, what smell do they have? In other words, there's so much sensory rich information. Our minds are just filtering out all of this stuff all the time. But when you actually start paying attention and, and loving the thing that's in front of you, you'll find that it's a really rich experience. I mean, those little soap suds, they've got little rainbows in them. So, you know, find the joy in the experience. Because what you're really doing here is you're learning to pay attention to one thing, to give it your attention. And it doesn't matter what that thing is. That's why people just meditate on a candle, because they're giving their attention to a candle. But if you can practice being present in everyday life, I guarantee, even if you didn't meditate, your life is going to be much, much better because you're getting a lot richer experiences from everything, but you're also probably performing a lot better. So if it's work, you're giving it your attention, you're going to get better results and in less time. You know, we're in the office nine to five normally, and most people are wasting most of that time. If you really, really focus, then there's people that have proven that you can achieve everything you need to do in like a couple of hours a day if you really, really focus. But it's got to be light, it's got to be from the heart, and that's why it's about love, it's not about concentration, you know. Um, so practice concentrating in the sense of practice giving love to the things that you're doing, and then when you sit down to meditate, that attitude, the momentum of it, is going to carry into your meditation as well. So that's really, really cool. And then the last point is number nine, is teach. Now it doesn't matter if you're just starting out in meditation and you're you know on the breath or you've got a mantra or something like that or if you you know you're like a light and sound meditation expert type thing it really doesn't matter what level you're at there's always someone that is less experienced than you that would really benefit from you sharing with them what you know from your own experience. Now, being a teacher doesn't mean that you've studied all the books, you've got the philosophy, you know, you can recite the Tao Te Ching or anything like that. That's utter nonsense. The only thing you need to teach, well, there's two things you need to teach. Number one is your own experience. And number two is an open heart. It's as simple as that. Because teaching is just another word for giving, okay? And when you give, you when you really give, it's not, to get something back. It's not to um, feel good about yourself or anything. It's genuinely to help the person that's in front of you. And, you know, at a higher level, we get to realize that the person in front of you is you. Okay, there is no difference. So you are helping yourself, but you're doing it from a stance of love. In other words, I'm gonna help this person because I can, and I don't need anything back from them. It's okay if I feel good, but I'm not doing it to feel good. I'm doing it to help. 
And that is really giving. That's when you, you know, doing this from the heart. That's when you're giving. And when you do that, you're going to find it's like magic, okay? Because you help them. If, if you're meditating with someone who's less experienced, your energy, your stillness is going to support them. So it's, especially when you've got access to light and sound meditation, which is basically access to love on a higher level, that love's going to start pouring through you and into them. So that's really nice for you and they benefit. So it's a win-win situation. But also when you're teaching someone, you turn up for them because you want to, you want to help them. You don't want to let them down. And so you're more present. So having someone there with you to teach really helps you go inside. If they ask you a question, you know, it's like, right, I'm going to access the, the, my experiences. I'm going to access my intuition. I'm going to bring information down. So it helps you become a, a better channel for love. It helps them because obviously they're benefiting from the experience, from being carried by your energy and also from learning how to develop their own energy. So it really is a win-win situation. And like I said, ultimately we are all one. So if you help anyone, you are helping yourself, but you're doing it on a much, much higher level. So teaching is one of the, 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 the nicest gifts that you can give and receive. It's one of the nicest experiences to, to share with another human being. And it really, really helps actually to just kind of help you in your own meditation. Um, so hopefully you find these things interesting and helpful and I'd love to hear your feedback. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, then go ahead and click wherever it is. Go, and ahead, go ahead and click that subscribe button because that would really help me and give me some feedback that, that you're finding these things valuable. Um, share this content with anyone who you think would benefit from it and get in touch if there's any questions that you want answered. Give me some feedback. The best way to do that is actually to go to my website and use the contact page um, and then I'll rep respond a bit quicker. And who knows, the next video might be um, inspired by one of your questions. So thank you very much.